this is Subjective Comedy Podcast with Corey Miller and Brad Scott because what do two guys with a failed podcast need? Another podcast no one will listen to. Maybe if my dad put this much time into his act, Bob and Tom would have had him on. Anyways, here's Subjective Comedy Podcast. I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Cocaine quarter piece, got war and peace inside my DNA. The episode that 15 of you have been waiting for, we're finally going to explore the story that hasn't been told. If you follow the Brad Scott Podomatic Cinematic Universe, there's something you're probably curious about disappeared off the face of the social media. Of course, talking about the LeBron James NBA offseason situation. We'll get to that later. This is the Subjective Comedy Podcast. I am Brad Scott. I'm your host. I'm an Indianapolis-based stand-up comedian. And I do this show with my uh, producer slash insurance office guy, Corey Miller. Hello. And uh, we basically go into... The happenings of Indianapolis comedy as seen through my eyes. So, very unsuccessful look <laughs> at uh, Indianapolis comedy. By that, I mean I am not successful. At least not in this market right now. Yes, you are. You're very successful. I hate you. Um, so, here's the thing. Now, we're go- I'm gonna, I, d- I, need to, I do need to address a little something. If you follow me on social media, obviously you probably do. I don't know why you'd really care that much about my personal life if you didn't. Uh, the, you noticed something. That ha- I want to start a new segment with this, but I feel like I need to give the backstory first. Do we need music? I've already got it. Okay. In fact, I'll... Uh, in fact, I'll uh, I'll pull it up and then I'll I'll cue you on the music. Does that make sense? Yes. yes and we'll so. just do it old school. Okay. Because this chord sucks ass. Um. So. Sorry, guys. Production meeting. <laughs> I wouldn't really say it's a meeting. It's just you taking a lot of time. All right, there we go. So when I give you the signal, which will be the point. The point. That's when you cue that music. Okay. Okay. So here's what disappeared. Not my career. Uh, It's fading, but it's still still visible. Uh, So, and actually, something else we'll talk about later, too. uh, Your career fading? Yeah. No, the, the visibility of it. Oh, okay. It was visible this past weekend. So anyways... Here's what happened. So if you noticed, probably what, three weeks ago, I started going, two or three weeks ago, I started going pretty hard on social media uh, for something called Harper's Comedy Club. Mm-hmm. That was a rebranding of a comedy club here in Indianapolis known as Jokers. Mm-hmm. Jokers to the, to this point has kind of not, it's either, it's either been irrelevant or not taken seriously. And it's not necessarily, I think we've talked about this on the show before, not necessarily their fault. They're coming into a market that at that time had two established comedy clubs. It's just hard to book from that angle if you don't have a good networking system in play, which comes from just years and years of experience more than anything. Right. Um, I have that 
fortunately, because I'm a pretty nice person and I'm a pretty honest person, I don't, obviously, sometimes some would say little, too honest. I was going to say. Um, but I, I, uh, I, I treat people like I want to be treated. So, the, you know, uh, I've, I've developed a lot of friendships over the years in comedy and I kind of called in a lot of favors to really get this thing going. And uh, I was excited. It was named after my daughter. And then just kind of due to unforeseen circumstances, I'm not going to get into details of that. Um, it became no more. And before we got a chance to prove ourselves, we weren't, you know, the opportunity, you know, unfortunately faded away. So make of that what you will, but uh, I wish Jokers the best. I believe they're going to keep the, the name branded as Jokers and go in a different direction. So good luck to them. Mm -hmm. I want Indianapolis to have a good comedy scene and a good comedy club, and that is a great venue for it. If as far as like the physical structure of it, I hope they can get uh, enough, you know, quality good acts week to week to get a, you know, a, a regular audience generated. And I hope their open mic does well because Ray Hensley, who runs the open mic, is a very nice guy and cares about comedy a lot and deserves to have that open mic work. Puts a lot of work into it. And Jenna, the bartender. Works very hard as well, and she cares a lot too. So she deserves to have that place work out. But unfortunately, that that plan is not going to involve the King of Bong style. No. So I guess you could say I'm down. I mean, I just recently got fired from my home club where I had started comedy, and uh, we'll call those uh, unfortunate. Circumstances or unforeseen <laughs> circumstances as well. Um, and I gotta tell you, I'm down. Oh, okay. Hold Jesus on. Christ. I wasn't expecting that. Hold on. There you go. But I'm not out, Corey. You gonna say anything? No, I, I was expecting you to. You could go, uh huh. Okay. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh -huh. There we go. There we go. Right. Yeah, I'm not I'm down, Corey, but I'm not out. Uh huh. Oh, no. I'm a fighter. Okay. My whole career, I have made mistake after mistake. Yes. I have burned bridges I shouldn't have burned. Indeed. And you know what else I've done, Corey? You're going to burn more? No. I have walked back across those bridges. I have rebuilt them with uh -oh. my hands. You know why? Uh, why? Because I'm a fighter, goddammit. Okay. And I am down, but I am not out. This, I vow to you, I will have... A home place to do comedy in Indianapolis again. And on top of that, Harper's will be a reality one day. Okay. I'm leaving that as a wide open proclamation. <laughs> if somebody wants to donate some This money. is not Jason Terry getting a tattoo and saying we're winning the title this year. And winning the title. I may not make it to the finals. I may not make the playoffs. I might be a lottery team. Yeah. Come 2019. Hmm. But I'm still going to be there. All I'm right. still going to show up. That's that, right. That sounds good. Yeah. So if you have a venue that you want to book comedy in, <laughs> uh, you can get a hold of me at bradscottcomedy at gmail.com. You can probably cue out the music. But oh, okay. Yeah, I, uh, I, am, I, am no, I am far from finished, my friends. I don't give up. Again, I have gone... I've worked for, I've worked, I mean, technically I worked at Morty's before, but they were just all independent shows booked in there. Mm -hmm. uh, so not technically for Morty's, 
But aside from them, I've worked for every other major comedy club in Indianapolis. The other two. Yeah, I was going to say there's crackers and one liners. Yeah. I've worked for a lot of independent people, though, mm-hmm. um, in Indianapolis. So I will work again, damn it. Uh, if you enjoy watching my comedy, I will find a place to do a show. I will do a show. And uh, yeah, I wish Joker's the best, but Harper's again will be a reality one day. By the way, yes, that was not a fun experience. Breaking the news to a 10 year old. Hey, remember how I told you yeah, there's a comedy club that's going to be named after you? We were going to go have you do a video for it and take pictures of it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, kid. It's a tough business. Helium already put you out of business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the helium wasn't the, the, the whole reason, I think, anyway. So let's not, again, that was just a joke. Yes. Because uh, this is a comedy podcast sometimes. Yes. If you think it is, that's why we call it subjective. Yes. It's so a, moving on sure. from that. Uh, I got to tell this story mm-hmm. and I almost was, I was going to go to an open mic, but fear of shame and embarrassment from failed recent failed ventures uh-huh. that we won't mention, uh, <clears throat> kind of shook my confidence in showing up and decided to give it another week, let it marinate, you know, but I really wanted to talk about this story because it's a hundred percent true. I can't believe it happened to me. It was almost like the comedy gods were like, whew, man, your year has been shitty. That's all the time you've made out of it? (laughs) I don't even think you got 10 yet. Let's help you out. Let's write a joke for you. Sometimes life does that, Corey. That's the good thing about comedy. Like I was listening to, uh, it's a Backstage Laugh podcast, right? Okay. Uh, It's a local podcast based in Anderson, Indiana, from a guy named Kyle Buck who runs a show called Kettle Top Brewery. I will be there (gasps) uh, September 12th, I believe is the first, uh, one, yeah, they're September 12th, it's like an open mic, but I'll go up at the end and do a little bit of extra time and close it out, and that'll be kind of a promo for a weekend show I'm doing there October 20th, and I'm going to, I've invited uh, some of my favorite comedians from Indianapolis to uh, be on the show with me and uh, go up, you know, before me and then I'll do time at the end mm-hmm. and check this out. They don't even know this, uh, but you 45 people that download this podcast. Oh, we're up to 45 to now? Somewhere, dude, it's weird. Well, at the beginning, was the 15. weeks we don't put out episodes, we seem to do better. Maybe we shouldn't put episodes, <laughs> right? Out. But then we have to have something. It's a chicken and an egg. Trust yeah. me, I've already gone through this. Anyways, uh, they don't know this. These comics don't know this. So will this be something else we can kind of chronicle to the days of? Uh, but they're I'm so they pay you to be the headliner for the weekend shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at this place. And I've told the guy, I gave him a list of names of people I wanted to be on the show. And I said, split the money, you know, amongst whoever uh, uh, does the show. Okay. Like, without paying me. I'll sell shirts, and I should be fine. Okay. But pay the people that are going to be on the show. Because I'm I'm, I'm asking not just, you know, favorites, but, like, guys I think deserve an opportunity to be on a paid show as well. Um Perhaps they were asked to be on a paid show, and then because of unforeseen circumstances, they had to have that paid show canceled. <laughs> Maybe someone wants to say they're sorry, they feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're some of my favorite comics. Uh, should we read the list of people I, I, I gave him and then see how many actually want to do the show with me? You think that'll uh, be fun? How, no, like, when somebody know. confirms, we can announce it. Uh, I I guess if you want to do that, I don't know how this I don't know how that whole thing works in terms of, you know, 
uh, I don't. I guess. I guess it would be calling them out would be a good thing because you're promoting them. But I'm not, dude. No, no this isn't a beef. I, this isn't. This isn't a battle. No, I podcast. No, I I'm not getting about to spit bars. No, I realize this is that. nice. These okay. are comedians I find funny that I think, like I said. Uh, but I'm just saying. I think I either owe. Like, oh, why he didn't call, call I think me. I either owe an opportunity or owe. A little bit of money, so okay. I don't even know what they're supposed to pay me. I don't. I did it once before. I did the first weekend. It was a madhouse, man. Like I, and I'm assuming they've still done well as far as attendance goes. But I walked in, and that place was nuts. You couldn't find a place to sit. It was like shoulder to shoulder, and uh, I felt bad because our good friend of the show, Josh Springer, uh, from Bottoms Up Beer. Never heard of him. Oh, Bottoms Up Draft Beer Warp Speed. Amazing, you know his company motto though. Yeah. Um, he was. Uh, he was going up right before me, and he was super new at this time because this is, I think, a couple of months into him doing comedy, and I did not prepare him at all for this bar show. I was too in my own head trying to prepare for this rowdy-ass crowd. because, And it wasn't rowdy because they were bad. There was just so many people. Like They did a hell of a job of promoting and drawing it out because it wasn't me drawing. Mm-hmm. That was all on them. And, uh, man, he got Springer got eaten alive, but the weird thing is he's almost like a serial killer. He likes it. This dude loves bombing. He doesn't do it often, but every time he does, he sends me a text with like a big ass, like it's the regular size smiley emoji, but I can just see it's bigger. Like he enjoys that awkwardness and that kind of that feeling a bit because I think it's like he's one of those people. He likes things that I think make him stronger. Okay. Like me, I always skipped out on vegetables, went right to the ice cream. Right. Put them in the napkin. Mm-hmm. He's the dude that's just eating raw potatoes. Eating raw potatoes. Yeah. Because he wants, you know, he wants the protein and the, you know, he's, he thinks it. So he, Potatoes, he can appreciate a good bomb. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always been terrified of him, man. I lost, I would lose my nerve and my confidence. I think it's because he's confident in himself in regular life. Whereas like he's, because he's not like a true comic. He wasn't brought to comedy out of kind of necessity based on emotional scarring and financial situations. He does comedy because he wants to. Right. So he's probably a pretty normal, competent human being. All those comics are all just secretly insecure, terrified little kids trying to act like we're grown-ups. And so, like, bombing when you're a comic is, like, when you're this insecure like I am is awful uh-huh. every time. Even now, when I know the only times I ever really truly bomb, it's, like, it has it's some sort of usually variation of the crowd's not listening or not giving me much of a chance. Mm-hmm. Or I've maybe said something too offensive for that particular Ooh. room. Which is on the marketing for whoever booked it. Because mm-hmm. you know my act. Mm-hmm. We all know my act. Yeah. Anyways, here's those lists. Here's that list. So, uh, these are the guys. I, yeah, so I don't even remember what they paid me that night. But whatever it was, I want them to divide it up amongst these cats. Whoever okay. jumps on this show. So, here's the, uh, the comics I've requested. Oh, I didn't know if they couldn't hear me when you unplugged that. No, Probably going. couldn't, could they? Nope, keep going. Okay. Uh, Alex Price. All right. By the way, I think all these people are people we mentioned on our list, our spotlight. Well, you got through 10 of the 15, I think. Shut up! Don't remind them. We'll get to it next week. We don't have time today. Well, I don't, okay. We have to do Showdown right after this. Okay. I mean, Showdown comes out on Thursdays, but we have to prepare. Yes. Production meeting. For two Slash days. recording. Uh, Austin Fry. Patrick Murray, no surprise here. Tony Foxworthy, David Brooks, Lexi Madrid, Madrid. Oh no, she's a newer comic. I saw her at that Joker's open mic the first night, 
And I could tell by the reaction from the comics in the room that she was somebody that they had considered, like, established and ahead. And mm-hmm. I thought, like, I thought, well, maybe she's worked at Morty's all this time. And I found out she's way newer than I thought she was. She carries herself very well. She's a very, very good comic, and she's going to be very, very, very good uh, in a scene especially that needs more female comedians. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, said David Brooks, right? Uh, Matt Stevens, uh, Brian Kristoff, and Josh Springer. Those are the people that I have invited, so this will be fun since they have no clue, and I guarantee you none of them are going to listen to this podcast. We will find out. <laughs> Along with you, who's going to jump on it? What if it ends up just being me? I tell you what, if it's two or three in me, then we're splitting the money, the, all of us. Because <laughs> I'll have to do way more time. This is basically another way for me to be lazy, if you haven't noticed. Oh, is it? Hell, I might fucking host the show. <laughs> be like, hey, dude, just pre- since I've already headlined it a few months ago, just call Brad's All-Stars or <laughs> some bullshit name people do when they just want to be lazy and host it for like so they can do 10 minutes of new shit up front. Yeah. And then just come out like that Vince in between. Vaughn. Like that Vince Vaughn. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, uh, that's honestly how Tosh did his last spe- uh, his last tour, I think, for the colleges. At least for us, probably because we're in the beginning stages at IU. Yeah. Uh, he did uh, He did like a 15-minute host set. Brought up uh, somebody I can't remember. Then he'd do 15 minutes. Brought up uh, Greg Hahn or Todd Glass or somebody. And then do, like he did it in between. So mm-hmm. he did an hour, but it was broken up into 15-minute like increments. Uh, I like Daniel Tosh. Anyway, <laughs> I like Greg Hahn too, but I mean, Tosh is Tosh. Dude's, this is the band. I love him. Anyways, by the way, also, uh, if I sound disoriented, probably because Corey keeps fucking pulling things out you in front of me to, as I'm talking. You didn't have to say that. I did, Corey, because you distracted me. I'm tired. You know that. Ooh, a squirrel. I just got on a. Uh, I just got off a trip from Florida. I was supposed to be getting back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But weather was like, fuck you. You remember how this year's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to rain on everything you want to do. Oh, it said Miami was clear all day yesterday. So you made that promise? Ha! Even worse. And this, Which is weird because usually in Florida, it'll rain for like 15 minutes, if that long. And then it's. N- and done. that's the thing. And it was literally like, okay, so you could usually tell with the Weather Channel when they're kind of guessing or how, you know, how lo- whatever, how long. Because a lot of times they're wrong. I don't know how many times I get a, a message from them that's like, there's going to be a rain shower that begins at blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, it is not happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when they show like 80%, 90% chance, that's usually pretty spot on. And that's how it was all day. Not just the cloud with rain. They had the lightning bolt and, you know, Zeus and all that stuff with it, too. So it was it was going to be. Awful weather, and the tickets that for what we were wanting to do were way too expensive to gamble on it being a soggy experience. We're going to go back in October, hopefully. If you book a show in Florida, bradscottcomedy at gmail.com. I need to go to work in Florida this October so that we can go to, or September. I have two weeks in September open. You can't even get local comics to listen to the show. You think bookers in Florida are going to listen? It's true. No, I don't need the booker to be in Florida. <laughs> this needed to be somewhere. <laughs> Real quick, shout out to Jason Douglas of Comedians. Nationwide, uh, he is the guy that booked me in this past show in Florida, and not his fault. The weather was shitty. Everything else about the trip was amazing. I've done I think three or four shows for this guy so far. Every show, the place that I go to, no matter what, they've always had good crowds. Like I haven't done one of the shows where it's like twelve people, and they've been two Tuesdays. Weird to have really good crowds on Tuesdays. Yeah, and they've all been really good. 
and the the bars that I've done have treated me really nice. And we've said on this show how many times, I'm telling you that is the secret to having a good comedy show. Treat the comics good. Yep. And it doesn't, like, I don't mean, you know, go out of your way and pamper. Like, you don't, they don't, so many club owners don't, and bookers don't realize how simple it is to make a comic feel like a rock star. Right. We don't need much. Right. We don't need groupies in a rider with champagne in the green room. It helps. We just need a green room. Like, if you have a green room, you are ahead of the game, baby. And all you got to do then is just have somebody be nice to us when we get there. Uh, tell us where you're excited about the comedy night. Not have the hostess stand at the front. And when you go, hey, I'm the comedian, they go, oh, there's comedy tonight. And you're like, God damn it, this is going to be awful. <laughs> hey, uh, question. Since uh, most of us, well, maybe most of us, have never been in a green room, are they actually green? Some. Some. Not all. See, I, I think it would be funny just to do that. You would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's you, because you're the first person that's thought of making a green room green. I am. I'm like, I'm on, I'm a trendsetter. That's what it is. Tune in for the series finale of the showdown. <laughs> I'll give subjective two more episodes. Because <laughs> I, I got shit to talk about. All right. So we've covered a lot, but now I have to get in. To this story, this is the whole point of what I had just yeah. rambled on about was what I was going to say at the open mic tonight, this 100% true story. Okay. So are you ready? I'm ready. And I'll tell this on the showdown as well. So this will oh, be a goody. tease. If you guys want to have, uh, have be on the inside, go listen to the showdown because it comes out later. But it's going to have the same story. Maybe I'll make it better or maybe I'll think of a good punchline to add. But this is right now is just the bare bones. Okay. It's just the story. Okay. It's not me punching it up. Okay. This is me just telling it in a way that I think is fine. That way I'm not responding the same when I hear the I mean you thing. could well you could you could live you could respond however you want because I'm not telling you a joke. I'm not okay. I'm just literally telling you a story that is a hundred percent true that I think I have found a humorous way to tell. Okay. Tell it. So a couple of years ago, probably about I don't know, it was a decent amount of time. Like, after former executive producer turned heel Molly Smith, uh, my ex-girlfriend, it was a time after, like, shortly after she had started dating this guy who turned out to be a douchebag. Like, this guy did not last uh, at all. Not the guy she's with now. Oh, okay. No, he's, he, they're still basically married, I guess. Okay. So good for them. It, it doesn't affect my happiness at all. This extra stress on life hasn't been compounded by the thought of how happy they are. I had to look. I had to attempt to look interested. Uh, I didn't tell the story about going to the hospital either, did I? Not on here. You didn't. Uh, maybe we'll do that next week. I went to the hospital and then I walked home looking homeless. <laughs> that's a great. That's sentence. the story. <laughs> no, that's a great sentence. I walked home looking, looking homeless. homeless. Yeah. Anyways. So anyways, this is a short period after she had been dating this guy. And I had been talking to this girl on Tinder who I swear. Okay, she was the kind of hot that I thought based on her photos that I was going to be asked to go to some weird website or app I'd never heard of and create an account to see her pics. <laughs> right? Like that's a. I think I probably didn't believe it was her for the first you know, uh, four or five messages we sent back and forth. I just kept being like, 
asking random weird questions. Yeah. So you, so you thought she was like one of those cam girls? Yes. Gotcha. That's why I said I did it in a I was, more subtle way. Yeah, I'm, I'm let the audience the come to that conclusion. Yeah. Anyways, uh, maybe for this, though, I don't care how you react as long as you don't talk. Gotcha. I'll just be Unless it's important. I'll just be in the corner. Well, you got to know. You got to say like, uh-huh, or like that. Uh-huh. Just, yeah, yeah. But don't say anything of, of like that you would think is of substance. I'll but we're say. all, all of us here listening will realize it's not and it's just delaying and slowing up when we are running out of time and we still have to talk Get on with the NBA offseason. Yeah, I'm the one slowing everything down. <laughs> so anyways... So we talk, and then uh, I realize I find out she's real, and so we're talking back and forth, and then I'm coming home one night from a show. Harper was staying the night with a friend, right? No, 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 I'm sorry. She was staying the night at my mom's. Yeah, she was staying the night at my mom's, because I remember thinking, like, oh, her and my mom are doing something tomorrow. I've got, like, the whole day. I had thought about maybe stopping and going out somewhere. Going and seeing if there was an open mic uh, that because it was like a weird night too. It was like a Wednesday or a Thursday or something. So, anyways, so we had moved from Tinder to texting after I think maybe a couple of weeks. And basically, this was just a, like, and that's what I've kind of used started using Tinder for uh, recently, past probably few years since I've been technically actually single. I don't even really hook up with anyone off of it anymore. I just kind of use it as like it's like a game. So when I get a match, that's like a point. Okay. You know what I mean? And like, I very rarely anymore respond. Like the ones I only respond to are just to see if they're real or not anymore. Cause that's like the second part of the game. Okay. Cause some of them I'm like, okay, either you've got some fucking baggage or you are a robot. Yeah. There's no other way you're interested in me. Yeah. Look 23 at- model gorgeous. Uh, great career, according to this. Yeah, yeah. Look th- at you're you fake. and look at me. Yeah, again, but let's go back to... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, my bad. So, uh, we start texting, and I'm on my way home from the show, and she hits me up and is texting me, and she drops the whole board line. As guys, we kind of know what that means. Well, you don't. You, you don't understand this world, but, uh, as a guy, we, uh, we we understand that I'm bored or whatever in the middle of the night. Because this idea is getting back at like midnight, you know? Uh, means, hey, what you doing? So I picked her up, mm-hmm. right? She lived about 25, 30 minutes away from me. I picked her up and uh, we go back to my apartment. We had a few drinks. Things happened. Adult things. I understand. And I'm not going to lie. We don't need the details. It's a PG show. It's pretty good. Again, I was really okay with you just chipping in a yeah or a mm mm-hmm. In Mm -hmm. fact, let's let's go right to mm mm-hmm. Let's let's take away the privilege of, of words. You can't use actual words. Just sounds with a closed mouth. There you go. So, the next like, I, I I the next day I take her home, and then it was like probably a day or two later I just sent her a text, 
Like, I don't know. I think I, I, I probably sent her one right after I dropped her off, like within an hour, because for some reason I feel this need that I have to, like, say, I had a great time within an hour, you know? It's a weird thing of mine that I know probably makes me come across way more needy, but in my head I'm like, well, if I send her this, that'll get her to leave me the fuck alone for a few days. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this is enough. And uh, this is the best you've ever been on the show. Mm-hmm. Um so then I get I, I I send the text a few days later. And I don't hear anything. Like she had sent me that originally the, after the first one, like, oh, I did too, blah, blah, blah. We should do that again, hang out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm on the road for the next few weeks, but I'll hit you up when blah, blah, blah. And then I was like kind of texting her just when I'm bored on the road, like I have been, and she didn't respond. And then I text again. She didn't respond. So then I usually have like two texts limit. Like, I will text a girl twice in a row. Uh, but after that, like, you need to have some sort of investment inside my brain that you can alter me to go beyond that in caring. Mm-hmm. So I did not. Uh, I called, didn't answer, voicemail. And then I saw we were unmatched on Tinder. Oh. So for the past couple of years, I have been convinced that I was this girl's rock bottom. <laughs> I was like the mistake that she regretted the next day, you know, to where like she didn't even want to have contact with me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, man, I must be really bad at sex. I even told her, though, because at that point in time, I mean, it took me a while to get to that point from breaking up with uh, former executive producer turned heel Molly Smith, um, you know, because of how long our relationship was and I hadn't dealt with anything like that really or whatever. So it took me a while. So I even told her before. I'm like, I'm probably going to be awful, but I'm like, if you, you know, give me a few times to get my rhythm back. It's like a basket, like basketball. I can't, if I went on a court right now, I guarantee you I'd airball a few shots, probably miss some other ones really badly. But if I shot every, if I went out and shot every day like I had been when I was younger and physically more able to, I'd have a good stroke. Just how it works, you know? Mm-hmm. We're talking about practice. I'm the opposite of Allen Iverson. I need as much practice as I can get. I want to talk all about practice. Uh, but I thought I still had covered my bases, right? Because I, I know my play. And my play is extra foreplay. <laughs> You know what I mean? I look at that shit like ketchup at a fast food restaurant. Okay. You want the dick? That's like barbecue sauce. You get a little bit of it, uh, but you got to pay extra. But you can have all the ketchup you want. It's all the foreplay you want. Anyways, I'm convinced I'm this girl's rock bottom. I'm like, I got to be the worst in bed. Or I've obviously gotten old and unwantable. And I, for the past two years, have just been convinced that I've been her rock bottom until... About a week ago. Okay, what happened? By complete coincidence, I was perusing around uh, a website you might have heard of called YouPorn. Uh-huh. And I came across a very interesting video. It wasn't me, was it? No, I'm still here. Uh, what happened to him? You are doing so well, and you have just stopped. I've been struggling to get this joke right, 
and it was way better in my head originally when I wanted to just go through it. And you've made it this horribly long story that this amazing punchline that should have been great, that should have been, like, this dude, this story is ready for stage almost, I think. And if you would have just let me get through the joke instead of derailing me and making me have to go back and try to think when I'm too tired to think and too King of Bong styled to think, uh, you have just derailed. Corey. If I were a Corey, you would be I thought, God damn it, I, you do not understand the music we make. <laughs> I am John Lennon over here, and I am trying to work with Axl Rose. <laughs> just distracted and lazy and on cocaine. I mean, God. Okay, so Corey. Mm-hmm. I was convinced I was this girl's rock bottom until a couple of weeks ago. I, by coincidence, no pun intended, came across a video of her on YouPorn. Excellent. Dot, 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 Corey. Sorry. And it was a backroom casting couch video. I know you obviously have no clue what that is because you've been married for so long you forget that pornography exists. But trust me, there's people in the audience right now that are going, oh, fuck. Because they know what this means. This means I watched a video of her and a way less attractive friend really audition for a fake porn job. Backroom Casting Couch is a guy who sets up fake porn auditions Films himself fucking these girls in the interview. Hand quotes. Interview. And then just posts that video under backroom casting couch. Makes all the money off of it. Probably gives them 500 bucks or some shit. And uh, has them sign a, a release for their, their image. He's like a horrible human being. And his, 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 uh, like his, his, I don't know, I think it's maybe his porn claim to fame in his videos is the infamous... Double angle anal entry, which is where he has a camera that he holds on himself and the girl and her round the corner. They make a a dessert. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he has another camera right in front of the girl's face (laughs) so that when it happens... There is a double shot of you seeing you and her both realizing at the same time what happens. Okay. And it ended with uh, what I think could maybe easily be the the name of this episode, A Mouthful of Splooge. (laughs) And that that happened last week. All right. Do you hear how good that story is? That is a perfect story. I literally thought I was this girl's like complete bottoming out for two years now. Mm-hmm. And it turns out she could sink lower. Because at least she didn't get filmed fucking me. <laughs> All right. NBA offseason. Woo. Whoa. What is going on? It's craziness. It's just getting started, too. Paul George announces he's staying in Oklahoma City after saying he was leaving. No, he never said he was leaving. He said he always he said he's always wanted to be a Laker. He also said he would see what it was like in Oklahoma City and playing with Russ and everything else. And you know what? 
This has to make Indiana think. Mm-mm. Why? He didn't want to be here. Yeah, you know why? Because of your front office. Like, you can keep denying it, and you keep blaming all these players who keep saying that they don't try hard enough. You can keep uh, blaming all these people in the organization who keep saying that they just, they're content with mediocrity because it makes money. Paul George is telling you, hey, these guys aren't going to do shit. And Oladipo's going to learn that, too. That's why I can't cheer for that team. I want an owner who's invested. Do you th- how many times have you seen the Simon brother at a game? Well, they don't actually show him all the time on TV, so I can't say. I doubt I've it's I doubt it's the the amount that Mark Cuban or Mickey Arison or even James Dolan, you know, how Donald Sterling I think used to be courtside every game. I mean, it's just so he could, you know, point out to his friends which ones he owned. Mm-hmm. But uh it, it it you know Mickey Arison is the best owner to me in sports because I have one interview where they asked him what he what his thoughts were about paying a, a, a financial record for the luxury tax with the the Heat during those four LeBron years, and it's like right in the middle of it, and he said, "Oh, I don't I don't own, I don't own the Heat to make money. I own the Heat because I love basketball, I love Miami, and I want to win championships for the city. I own Carnival Cruise Lines to make money." That's the owner I want to cheer for. People can give me all the shit they want. I jumped on that bandwagon with LeBron because everyone hated him, which I think is a weird thing to say, right? Yeah, we've already been down this like road. I, ju- I know, but we got new listeners. I jumped yeah, but on the bandwagon of the most hated team in the country, fell in love with the team, kind of like, you know, I kind of cheated on LeBron because I just went in there with LeBron. I was like, all right, look, I'm going in here with you, Bay. You're my favorite player. You're my favorite player to watch. I've been cheering for you since my team's a piece of shit. So I'll just go with you, kind of see what it's about. And before I knew it, I was doing rails uh, with Riley off of uh, Hooker's ass. And uh, now I'm a heat lifer. I love that team. I love that franchise. I love everything about it. And, uh, man, they are in a shitty position now. Like, you cannot question my fandom because I'm still going to get excited and still pay $200 for NBA League Pass this year. And it is going to be tough to watch, I thought. Then guess what happened, Corey? What happened? In fact, I'm going to play a little music for you. Oh, we've got, we got more music. Yes. Uh, and I know we're supposed to be recording with Vic, but I bet he's not even ready, is he? I don't know. Has he responded to you? I don't know. I've seen you messaging him. I did. I told him. Uh, he said, fine, my computer is doing an update right now. So Okay, so we got time. All right. Here we go, Corey. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. So I was worried that this offseason for the Heat was going to be really bad because I don't think they were anticipating all these people moving. I think they thought everybody was going to stand pat for a few years, and they just wanted to kind of get to 2020, which is supposed to be a huge free agent class as well. Right. Right? But then I thought our little team that couldn't afford anyone else, literally no one else, they can't hire another usher Mm -hmm. in the arena because of the salary cap. All of a sudden... LeBron went to the Western Conference, baby! The East has gone back to Technicolor. It's it's beautiful, Corey. Do you see it? Do you see the finals? I do. For the first time in four years, I can see the finals. 
Not for my team, no, but no. for someone other than Cleveland. Yeah. In fact, I'm almost willing to bet anyone but Cleveland. I would bet money on a Western Conference team that finished last in the West to make the Eastern Conference playoffs <laughs> before the Cleveland Cavaliers do. Now, Cleveland probably not even making the playoffs. You can oh, they're get, not. They're they're totally out. Although, although they still have Kevin Love. Well, hear me out though. J.R. Smith, the new rookie that they picked with the eight pick, uh, who's supposed to be, I think, a small forward. Uh, he's supposed to be a he's potential. It could be a LeBron or maybe a uh, you know JJ Redick, but um, which we honestly both wouldn't be bad. One's just a lot better, and uh, Tristan Thompson. I mean, they have a squad that could theoretically compete with how weak the East is. Don't you think that LeBron kind of screwed Cleveland though, and not just because how? he hold by on. bringing them their first championship no, in fifty something? No, what years? I mean is at the beginning of the season when Kyrie said. I'm not going to stay here with LeBron, and they traded him away. And then the next year, LeBron leaves. And so now not only did you lose Kyrie at the beginning of the season, but you lost LeBron at the end of the season. First of all, that's the organization not wanting to work it out with Kyrie. Now, granted, Kyrie also probably didn't want to play with LeBron. That's fine. Some players aren't going to want to play with LeBron. Yeah. Um, But, no, that's on you because guess what? LeBron brought you a championship. Has, did, has that team ever even sniffed a championship until LeBron James got there. Yes. When? Back in the 90s when uh, it was Brad Doherty and Craig Oh, really, Elo. really, really? What, they what got, was the furthest round they went to? In fact, let's do this right now. Cleveland Cavs playoff results, and then I'm going to go 90s. The nice thing about this is I probably won't even have to click on see more with Google. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, I think they got to the Eastern Finals uh, when they when they uh, went up against Chicago. Are you talking about when Jordan hit that shot? Yeah. That was the first round, buddy. Oh, was that Game first five. Uh, well, then the, I, I'm sure there was another s season, though. Oh, yeah. Let's take a look. Okay, here we go. Season by season records. Uh, here we go. Let's see. Let's go. Here we go. We're starting with 90. Okay. So I'll even start with 89, 90. I'll give you that extra uh, fall. Okay. Lost. This is how the season ended. Uh, well, first, I guess the record, right? 42 and 40. Uh, lost in the first round of the 76ers in five games. Okay. Oh, I tell you what, though, because uh, 90, uh, 90, 91 did not make the playoffs. Oh. 33 and 49. But 91 92, they did make the Easter Conference Finals. That was not the year that Jordan hit the shot, though. Um, but they did hit, They did make it to the finals. See, I told you. Yeah. Uh, they they no, made it to the Easter Conference Finals. Yeah, that's what I mean. They lost 4 2. Yeah. Well, they were just. So then the next year, they won the first round, lost in the next round, got swept. Then the next year, lost in the first round, got swept. Next year, lost in the first round, 3-1. Next year, lost in the first round, got swept. By the way, and these were 3-0s. And, oh, we still got a couple more 90 seasons. I'm sorry. I just saw all these dots that mean no playoff berth. <laughs> uh, then lost in the first round in 97-98 to the Pacers, 3-1. And then did not make the playoffs again. Until 2005-6. You know what's the weird thing about 2005 and 6? 
Oh, what is the weird thing? That was LeBron's third year in the league. Oh. So, yeah, this team has never sniffed success until LeBron James got there. He's taken him to five finals with the some of the worst. Like, I think if you literally go look at the worst finals teams in history, I bet you out of the five LeBron Cleveland teams, I imagine at least four of them are the, like, like bottom five of all-time finals teams. And I'm not exaggerating at all, I don't think. That 07 team, Mo Williams was his next option, Antoine Jameson. I mean, ugh. And then, like, Miami, the worst team they gave them was that first year, right? That first year, because they had, like, Joel Anthony starting at center. Uh, Mike Bibby was supposed to be the savior that year. Eddie Curry, like... Just bad, right? Bibby was good. Not that year, dude. He was yeah. so bad, especially in the finals. He was. I, I do. I kept waiting for it. It did <laughs> not happen. He. And he does not look like he does now. Have you seen him now? Yeah, I saw that picture. But uh, but that team was the worst Miami team that ever went to the finals with LeBron, and still his second and third best players were Wade and Bosh. Then he comes back to Cleveland, and the first year, Kyrie gets injured, and then Kevin Love gets injured in the first game of the finals, and he drags J.R. Smith as his second-best player to six games against the Warriors. Then the next year, wins against a 73-9 and team in seven games on the road with the help of Kyrie and Love, probably the best Cavs team. That's the one team I would take out because then the next year, uh, Kyrie had already checked out, so was playing like shit. Couldn't do anything. Uh, Kevin Love was, you know, I mean, he, he's he's endorsed he endorses chocolate milk. Yeah, for a guy that's a head case and s- reputation is soft. The word the last thing you want is a child's drink as your sponsor. I like chocolate milk. Like uh, yeah, yeah. The chocolate milk is to rebuild the protein. When I hydrate during the game, I always go with uh, red Kool Aid. They come from chocolate cows. Yeah, I'm still here. Then. The past year, this year, is the only team I think I can compete with that 07 team for the worst finals team of all time. His second best player didn't know the end of the score game one. <laughs> and he still made it to the finals. Beating a Celtics team that, and this is what I always, I like, is uh, I got into an argument with a guy uh, this weekend at the, at the show uh, because he was saying that Boston... You know, it's it's really impressive because Boston, you know, uh, took LeBron to seven games without their two best players. Mm-hmm. I go, yeah, but they still had a pretty good overall team and an amazing head coach, and they still lost in seven games to one guy. One guy. Yeah. Because it wasn't Cleveland Cavs. It was LeBron. All right. Hold on. So, I got some breaking news. Well, first of all, the first breaking news is LeBron, ding dong, which is dead. LeBron's in L.A. now, which means he's obviously probably content with his legacy. And unless he knows something we all don't know yet, as far as maybe some people, some pieces that are going to be joining him, it looks like he's just going to try to do the Cleveland thing, but give himself a couple of weeks earlier rest when he loses to Golden State instead of doing it in June. He's going to do it in May. I think I think too that some of that might be off the court stuff that he's more that he's interested in as well. Well, of course, not only that, but it, and I don't mean like the, just the movie thing, because people forget LeBron can just go to L.A. for movies in the summer. Yeah, 
You know, he doesn't have yeah, to live there. Yeah, but it's there. a lot easier when it's in your backyard, though. I know, but uh, he, I doubt he's going to be going to a whole lot of executive Hollywood meetings during the season and playoffs and stuff. So it's not like he's losing a whole lot. Like, and even during the season, he could he was going to take a trip, vacations to Miami during the season. A dude could be wherever he wants, whenever he wants. Okay. I think it had more to do with his family. His kids probably wanted to live in L.A., go to a school there. His wife has been vocal about wanting to live in Los Angeles. So I think he thought he and he's even said publicly, like, my family has sacrificed for me my entire career. They've gone where I needed to go for my career. So this time I wanted to think of them and go where. And I, sh- I should have paid attention to all that because he did. This is what LeBron will do, man. He's he's he'll give you these cryptic messages that at the time are kind of seem benign or don't make sense. And then as soon as he makes his decision, you go back and you go, oh, he's fucking telling us the whole time. He's like R. Kelly. You think he? Oh, R. Kelly is kidding me. He did an entire album called Trapped in the Closet. He just recently had a scandal because he's been keeping women against their will in his house. Oh, okay. I was going the other direction with that one. Oh, I mean, seems like you're ready. Yeah. It seems like you're ready because you had your period. Wow. You remind me of my Jeep. Oh, because they were both made in 98. <laughs> that joke worked a lot better when it was 2004 and I was doing stand-up. <laughs> Doesn't really work as well now. Oh, she's 20? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I swiped right on her on Tinder. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Uh, the break, breaking news. The breaking news. The Indiana Pacers have signed Tyreek Evans to a one-year $12 million Game deal. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Woo! Moves. How much they sign him for? Mid-level exception. Twelve million for one year. Oh, of course, of course, because that's probably what's left in the budget. <laughs> <laughs> now they got like sixteen million, and they're like, "Oh, we'll just keep four this year." Yeah. God, you know what? My team at least can't make any moves right now because they tried so hard to make moves. They just made bad ones yeah. for one year. Yeah. Which. Like I said, we've talked about it before. I'm very forgiving right now because, for one, if I lose the heat, I do. N- I, I have lost a lot of interest in the NFL. I'm only going to pay attention for fantasy purposes anymore. I don't feel near the fandom I used to. The NBA is all I got. Yeah. And I love the heat. So as long as they can get to a point where they can at least see some daylight on them clearing up this mess they made, I can forgive it. Especially in a time period right now when we're all just watching to see who loses to the Warriors. Yeah. Um, but LeBron goes to L.A. Let me ask you this. I'd rather have Lance Stevenson than Tyreek Evans. I know. It's, I, I, I'm not as familiar with Tyreek Evans, to be, to be totally honest. Do you, um, does it feel like... But, but when they said they weren't going to re-sign Lance, I still had hope that maybe... Um, well, that he, that he, that Why he, didn't they re-sign him? He cost a third of Tyreek Evans. Because I think what they were going to try and do was they were going to try and sign him for a smaller amount. Than the $4 million he was going to make? Yeah. The dude was your sixth man. You were looking to him for production in the playoffs. Yeah. I, 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 I can't, obviously, I don't know what was going I, through their heads. But. I honestly, like, I would... It has to be something to where... Oladipo or somebody. I don't think it was like even that playing with Lance or I don't think it was even they that. don't trust. There has to be something, dude. You don't get rid of a guy makes four million dollars, replace him with a guy that we don't even know if is better or not for three times that amount unless you wanted to get rid of that first guy. 
Well, that's why I'm saying. Or I, they had other, or they had some grand plan that maybe they were going to land LeBron. That, well, I don't think that was the case. But like of course I said, not, because they won't even try. No, the Heat were looking around and going, you know what? Fuck it, come on in, and we'll Andy, Andy, our guy, he'll deal with that. We have, do you know who does the books for the Pacers? Uh, no, Kevin Pritchard. I don't know. Andy something does them for the Heat, and he is known in the league as like the master accountant. As far as like contracts and getting a team under a cap that needs to and all that other shit. He's the guy that made the Udo, uh, uh, Benny Udo, uh, bedroom or whatever, Udo trade happened a couple years ago. Yes. That everybody was like, why would they blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh yeah, because now they're under the cap. Mm-hmm. Like he's a master at that kind of shit. He's the guy that created all the cap space for the first big three. Okay. Era. We have that guy. I bet the Pacers just hired somebody that looks like you and... You know, I'm not real sure if that's good or not. Short, very Jedi slash Jewish. Old. Appearing. Old. Yeah. Just looks like a Werther's original came to life. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that you guys don't even have that. We have one of those guys. Sold job. So hopefully that he can get this figured out. I don't know if they will. Not at least this year or next year. It looks like it's just going to be another year where, hey, we're in the East, so we got a chance couple big injuries we're the only healthy team hey somebody's got to go to the finals now where do you think Kawhi goes oh I think it's LA unless Boston no because Boston everybody keeps saying Boston because they have all these assets they have Jason Tatum they don't need Kawhi Philly said that they still stand a chance Philly seems like a good option but He's if his people go and tell Philly, hey, he's not going to re-sign with you. I don't imagine Philly looking like like they don't need him that desperately to where they would have to like because they'd have to give up Covington and they'd have to give up probably another bench like a like a sixth or seventh man. I'm trying to think who that is now because I know I think Sova might have left him or no, they probably have to put Sova in there. Who else? Who was the guy that left? I have no idea. Ah, fuck. Somebody just signed recently. Anyways, they'd have to give up a lot. For not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Unless they get some type of guarantee from Kawhi, who d- apparently does not talk. He's like he's like that kid in a quiet place. <laughs> I think he's just afraid of monsters around him at all time anytime he speaks. But until they get confirmation. Any, any team that doesn't get confirmation from that, I can't imagine giving the Spurs enough to do it. Like They're going to have to just deal with the Lakers. Because the Lakers will. Because the Lakers saw what happened with Paul George, which is what I want to talk about next. Paul George... Like, if you're an Indiana fan, this has to make you kind of look at your franchise, okay? Because the Thunder did what you should have been able to do. Mm. And you know what it was? Sam Presti, uh, I guess how you say his last name, is who the, the, the owner of the Thunder. Stan Presti. Sure. Is, uh, he just had a great quote. It's really funny where he said uh, he's a big Tribe Called Quest fan. And they have a lyric called, that says, uh, scare money, don't make no money. And that's how he lives his life. I, I like to imagine he lives his entire life by nothing but Tribe Called Quest lyrics. <laughs> he, he just look, he just gets up in the morning and says, what's the scenario? Well, no, no. Like, my favorite is, uh, you know, when he was in college, I'm sure. He's probably played those, uh, like, recreational, you know, drinking sports, softball. Uh, I imagine uh, he wasn't allowed on the kickball team. Because every time he went up to to the plate for his turn, 
he just kept asking, can I kick it? And they were like, yes, you can. And he was like, can I kick it? And they were like, well, yeah, and you should because that's strike one. But anyways, uh, Sam Presti went out and did exactly what he, – he literally laughed in the face of all the, the uh, owners who were like, well, we're a small market team because like, we're small market. I mean, we're just Indianapolis. We can't afford that. Really? How many fucking malls do you own? Because you're not small market. You're not Indianapolis. you got a lot of money. Yep. And you're the one that has to pay that bill. Sam Presti will pay that bill. Now, granted, they will probably buy out Carmelo to ease some of that, but they're going to be over that threshold. They're going to be paying money in the luxury tax, which is something I don't think the Pacers will ever do. And if they do good for them, I'm still not coming back. Like, they've lost me forever. I'm gone. I'm a heat lifer now. I can trust this organization. I'm not going to build up fake trust with this you know, blue collar, gold swagger. Fine, you stay down there with your. You know how you could tell. Stupid heat. They still keep all. They keep all the banners they use. Oh God. No, they do. You know how I know that? I go to the Heat games every year. I see the same beat the Heat banner that has clearly had the 2012 playoff, you know, emblem scratched off <laughs> of it. That they still have Boomer raise up from the ceiling whenever they play the Heat. It's like. Of course you're beating the Heat. We've won 38 games this year. <laughs> Everyone's beating us. Well, that's the only team that runs. The fucking would beat the fucking uh, uh, the fucking you know Nets don't have a banner they put up. They just beat us <laughs> with Brook Lopez shooting ridiculous threes. So yeah, that's the NBA offseason wrap up so far. I know there's a lot more infer- like stuff that's been going on. Uh, DeAndre Jordan appears to be going to the Mavs. Yep. Used an emoji to confirm that, which is a uh, callback to last year with the emoji battle. Was it just a cowboy hat? Yep. And well, if you remember last year, the Chris Paul and whoever else it was, the emoji battle for DeAndre Jordan? No. Oh, yeah. So that was kind of a callback to that. Speaking of Chris Paul, he's staying in Houston. He is, four year. Uh, he's going to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. In that fourth year, I think he gets paid $44 million. That's insane. Cap will be different then, but it's still a lot of money. It's like that, that's LeBron oh, yeah. money. That's LeBron, Durant, Kawhi. How old is he now? If, if he stays. Paul, he'll yeah. be. I think he's 33, 34, 32, so, 33. So in four years, he'll be in the. He'll be. In it's the same 40s. thing LeBron did with the Lakers. LeBron's gonna be thirty six at the end of that contract. Yeah, but Chris Paul will be 40, 41, 40. How do you get that from? He's thirty two, thirty three. No, you just said he was like thirty six. He'll be thirty six. Oh, okay. He'll be thirty six, thirty seven at the end of the contract. Yeah, you- but here's the Chris Paul has never been the most athletic guy. He's quick, and he'll lose some of that quickness, but he's more made his money off just being a good ball handler and being smart and being a good passer. That's the kind of skill set that can age well. Yeah. I mean, Mark Jackson probably could have played until his late 30s. I think he like he, he did. Chris Paul has a way better chance of being better at 35 than Russell Westbrook does because a lot of Westbrook's game is dependent on slashing, getting around people. You know, going on, you know, up over people. So it's he's a not, lot of athletic. So you don't think he'll be like Terry Allen? Terry Allen? Is it Terry Allen? Who's Terry Allen? The dude that uh, he plays in uh, Milwaukee. Is he there now? Really uh, been in the league for like 25 years. Jason Terry? That dude. The guy that I referenced earlier in the show when I said I'm not making the guarantee like Jason Terry did in the first year of those finals? Yeah, that guy. That guy. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Mm hmm. Okay, so we'll we'll pop in with free agent news. Um, 
I think this is almost a wrap on this episode. Uh, this was longer than we expected, uh, but that's a good thing. And I think we cleared everything up. I think we did it in a good way. Uh, I don't feel like I started any fires. Nope. Uh, so I didn't I'm proud to, of myself. Did, yeah, I didn't have to. Say we don't have like, we're, and we're not. This isn't an edited version. No, that we pulled out. I've been. This has been straight through. In yep. fact, don't edit anything. I won't. I know you usually don't. Nope. Even if when you tell me you're going to, you don't. Nope. But uh, yeah, I thought we did a good job. So keep in mind. Here's some things we're going to be following coming up. Uh, go listen to the Showdown podcast this week. Uh, the D two Mighty Ducks. Oh, that's a perfect name of an episode for where I'm going to tell this story again. D2. <laughs> uh, and see if maybe Corey has learned from his mistakes. Probably not. Uh, also, uh, go and check out uh, Brad Scott Comedy and follow along for when I will be doing another show in Indianapolis. And we will be tracking the progress of my rise back to the middle of Indianapolis comedy. Uh, I'm down, but not out, baby. Oh, wait. You still recording? Yeah, I'm still recording. That that was uh, kind of going to be the end of the show there. Oh, you didn't do our little tag. I know. I just realized that now. Uh, but then I realized, like, oh, well, he didn't realize I was trying to close it up there. Yeah, I, I figured you were looking for some music. Uh, I am, actually, now. Uh-huh. Uh, there we go. See, we told you it's unedited. Yeah, this is. And this, this, so we were like, you know, this is a pretty good flowing episode. <laughs> Uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna screw it up right in the end. Here we go. I know what song I want. I just have to find it. Okay, so uh, here's how I think we should get, do it. Ready? Yeah. I've been so, ready. So, uh, so yeah, follow us on social media. Subject comedy. Yep. Nko Gonzo. Yep. Subject comedy on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, we need to change it on Facebook. Really? I don't think people can find us on there. I know I say I like it to be universal. I th- I tried subjective and it's I think it's already taken. That's why it's only subject. Yeah. There's no co- but there's no podcast, right? Somebody says that page. I don't know. I'd have to go back and retry. It's been a while. Well, there was no podcast called Subjective Comedy Podcast on Apple when we started that's because true. I checked because that's the only one I count as validation. <laughs> like if they would have had a automatic one, I'd been like, "Yeah, go fuck yourselves." Uh, you're not, all, you're not, you're not playing with the big boys yet. So, anyways, yeah, basically with this podcast, um, we try to make you laugh. But if you didn't think we're funny, remember, comedy is subjective. Subjective comedy, subject
Collective Comedy. If you don't think we're funny, remember comedy is subjective.